Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I've got I've got somebody really, I, I got a rock star on today. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. Let me bring Mr. Tommy Mello on. Tommy, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. How you doing, Ken? Dude, I'm great, man. I, I'm excited for this interview because um, rumor has it you're like the number one garage door company in the world. I'd say so. I hope so. Uh, A1 from day one, baby. That's what we say. <laughs> well, so so Tommy, I want to I want to kind of, you know, I I do this chronologically. Like I want to start with, you know, you introducing yourself, who you are. Start with where you were born and raised. And by the way, I'm going to give you full screen. So, start with where where it all began for you. All right. So, I was born and raised in about an hour outside of Detroit, uh, Sterling Heights, Michigan. And um had a pretty good start. Uh, my dad owned a transmission shop. My mom ended up being a real estate agent. And uh, I got a job when I was 12 at Rookie's Clubhouse. Wow. Washing dishes. And uh, at 12, you're not legally able to work in Michigan. So they put me under the table and I made $4.05 an hour under the table. But when you're 12 and you can pick up 15 hours a week, it was a lot of money. It was cash. So. Yeah. I learned to work hard when I was young, not because I had to, because I wanted to. Dude, you know what? I started at about 11 or 12 washing dishes at a restaurant, too. <laughs> I love it. it. I miss Did those you days. have the big, was it the big commercial thing? You slip yeah, the tray big, in and you have it down <laughs> and it comes out the other side. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. man. So, so, um, so you started young, started making money. Um, did you, I'm, I'm sure you're going to school this whole time. You graduated high school and all that. Did you end up going to college? So I moved out from uh, Michigan, Arizona when I was 16. I graduated a year early. I went to community college. I was going to be pre-dental. Um, took all the classes, anatomy, physiology, organic chemistry. Interned with a dentist and turned out that uh, he recommended getting a business degree. So I got a bachelor's in business and a few years later I ended up getting a master's from U of A in business. Wow. Wow. So you were, did you go with to Arizona without your parents? So my dad moved out in 96. I got my mom out here in 2010, so they divorced, but uh, he ended up out here and at 16, knowing I was going to go to school, I wanted to get my residency. So it just kind of made sense to get out here. A lot of family and um, I'm here now. And I wouldn't leave Arizona. Well, if if they change like they're doing and raising taxes like crazy, I might be out of here in the 10 years. But uh, overall, I do love the state. I love the roads. I love the weather. You know, it's a little hot. But uh, the one thing when it gets hot out here, Ken, is you're taking your clothes. You know, you're wearing nothing. So you get, and, uh, you get in shape. You sweat yeah. a lot. 
It's healthy. You drink a lot of water. So yeah. although it gets hot, it's kind of like being in a sun every day. And, and I don't hate it. Let's put it that way. You know, I, we lived in Vegas for about a year and, um, and we used to go down into Arizona a lot, like just cause it was fun. It was cool to cool thing to do. And I remember being in, um, I forget what town it was in Arizona, in Arizona. And I looked down the temperature gauge and we're driving down the road. So there's no road heat. It's, it's the real temperature. 126 freaking degrees. I was like, like you start thinking like, are the tires going to melt? Like, yeah, it gets hot, hot. but you know, I mean, it's what's weird about it is it is actually bearable. It's, it's not. It's a dry heat as they say. And you know, when I go to Houston or Florida and I'm in 90, I'm drenched. It's like you walk out of the airport just, and it's like, whereas it's still hot. But if you get in the shade in Arizona, it's like 30 degrees cooler. It's just amazing. I mean, because the sun is what's making the heat versus the right. air in these other humidity spots. So. Yeah. And you, you don't like 95 degrees in dry heat is a beautiful golfing day. That's great. I can do that all day long. I mean, it's not bad. And it gets so down it, to like 75 and you got to put a jacket on. It's, it's true. It's I mean, crazy, we've had some snow. There was snow on the ground for the first time that I've ever seen in Phoenix uh, this week. Wow. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so you get out there, you go to college, you get your degree. And um, where did things go for you at that point? You know, I'm a hustler. I was bartending. I was serving tables. I was flipping bow flex machines. I was uh, flipping total gyms. I bought and sold over 2,000 cars. And I mean, I was doing whatever I could to make a buck. And uh, I had a landscaping company. And what I realized was when I wasn't working, making phone calls, hustling, I wasn't making money. It's kind of the rich dad, poor dad story. So I determined how could I get wealthy instead of making money and becoming rich? What that means is I make money when I sleep. And so I decided I got to get better at business. So my CPA, I ended up buying out my partner. I started a garage door company in 2007, and I was painting garage doors before that. I mean, I did a little bit of everything. I've been an employee at 20 companies. You know, Ken, I love the people that tell me, they, they give me lectures on what it's like to be an employee. When I was an employee for 20 different companies, so I love I, I love speaking from both sides. I'm a, an owner, and I've been an employee. But, uh, you know, I started the garage door company. Three years later, I bought my partner out. And my mom and my stepdad helped out to kind of grow the business. But yeah, I um, I know what it's like to be on both sides. And it's a lot of hard work, a lot of relationships. Uh, I can tell you that um, this year I hope to crack $100 million. We're expanding fast. And there's a lot of opportunities that are presenting itself. And uh, our mission is to be the North America's largest and most trusted garage for a company, uh, one neighborhood at a time. So we're on our way of doing that. But it's been full of mistakes and trials and tribulations. And I'll tell you, you know, there's a book I just read and I can't remember the name of it. I was just thinking about it earlier, but because I read a lot, I, I got a lot of books. You, can see you do. I, I I know that from our first meeting, dude, like you're a beast when it comes to, and that's awesome. I'm obsessed. Uh, yeah. The book. So the book said, and I'll just, it said, would you rather follow 
a man who studied war. He studied the art of war. He studied every single origin and how it works. Or would you rather follow the warrior? The, the, the guy that's been in war, that's the, the gladiator. And when I was thinking about that is I'm the guy that's made all the mistakes. I've been fighting the fight. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a, you know, I've become a teacher over time, but I'm still fighting the fight. I'm in here. I noticed that most teachers are out of their business. Most of them don't do it anymore. Most of them don't know what it's like to sell to millennial because more millennials have bought houses in the last two years than baby boomers. So they want to go teach and that's great to give back, but I'm not doing it when I teach people. I'm not doing it necessarily for an income. I'm doing it because I'm still in here fighting the good fight. And that just makes me think, you know, about sometimes you go to teach because they say those who teach couldn't, couldn't make it. But uh, but I love still being in the midst of it. I love fighting the good fight. And yeah. um, it doesn't get easier, but it gets more fun. The problems become fun. It's like I'm not when I started, I was like, man, if I fire this guy, I'm back in the field fixing garage doors. Now I'm like, I can fight. You know, unfortunately, yesterday we gave our three employees the opportunity to work for another company. I don't like to say the word fire. Uh, so we did that yesterday and, you know, we're top rating and, and although COVID has been a disaster for the country and the world, um, we were deemed essential and it's been, it's been a good ride as far as people upgrading their home for us. So, uh, I'm not happy about what's happening, but, but I'm happy for our employees that we, we could give them a good job and they're making good money. So, so you, along the way, because I, I've, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my entire adult life, um, and I've worked for companies along the way as well. Um, and I am a bad employee. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm just. I'm a terrible employee. <laughs> Did you find yourself like, like, um, when you're an employee with a company? Sometimes you feel like, man, there's a better way to do this. Like you guys, like if you just listen, you know, egos get involved. Do you, have, have you found that where? I did. I know exactly what you're talking about is, uh, you, you know, you got the entrepreneurial brain, you know, when you listen to Michael Gerber, you've got the technician, you've got the employee and you've got the entrepreneur. I am so far right on that scale. So of course the entrepreneur wants to go, why this way? And we want to try to figure things out and, and we, for me, I'm always looking at the future. The manager's always looking in the past and the technician is living in today. And I'm the I'm the visionary. I'm not the integrator. I'd love to be both. And sometimes I'm forced to be the integrator. But you know, for me, I'm always looking at the problem from a from a bird's eye view, going, All right, what can I do to fix this? But I don't like to get in the down and dirty of the day to day because you find yourself working day to day and just you become a firefighter rather than a fire preventer. And it's the systems and the procedures and the checklists that dictate the output and then make it, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. And if you could do that, you get an expected outcome. And I'd say I'm always trying to get better. We're a lean company that's always trying to improve yesterday's actions, but it's working. And um, it's really, really fun because we got scorecards, we got prizes, we've got gamification, we've got bonus incentive plans. We've even got some equity incentive plans. I mean, we're having fun here. And I think the sky is the limit. I truly believe I'll be a billion dollar company within four years. I, I there's not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> not, I know you will be. So 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 when, like, what do you think when it comes to 
running the business. What what do you think some of the biggest challenges have been for you? I know, and and for me personally, I remember I have a a, a friend who's he he started, dude. He started with nothing, went bankrupt at one point, had to start over, and long story short, he's now doing about 150 million a year. And, and I remember I hired my very first employee and things were going well until they didn't. <laughs> and, and I, there one employee dude, and I couldn't make payroll this one week. <coughs> and I was like, what the heck? What one guy, I can't pay this one guy. Are you kidding me? And so I call up my, my buddy and, or is his, the, the guy that owns the company, his dad and, and I'm like, I don't want any money. I want some advice. How in the world do you, how do you get to where you are? Like, I'm, I can't even pay this one freaking guy. And he said, you know what? I had 40 employees and all of my credit cards were maxed out. I was making payroll with credit cards at one point. He said, and, and I couldn't, I, I had to call them all together on multiple occasions and say, hey, we're short for payroll this week. We'll get you the middle of next week when our receivables come in. And he goes, I had people walk out and I had people stay. And the people that stayed are now all multimillionaires. My question is, have you hit any, any walls like that where you're like, God, how are we going to make payroll or, you know, things like that? Have you hit anything like that? Ken, I haven't been at, <laughs> I've been in business for about 15 years in this sole business. I've used credit card points and cashed them in to give person a Christmas present. I've had people steal from me. I've had the police. I've had, I've had cars get totaled. I've had people in the hospital. There's nothing that I have not seen. Um, I've had people steal from me. They lie to me in my face, uh, to my face. The fact is, if it could happen, it will happen. And it's happened to me. Uh, and I'm not saying it's been bad because each one of those stories taught me another lesson. I had a hard time trusting people. Now I don't open my own mail or my email. Um, I've hired around my weaknesses. I realized that 1A employee is 3B employees, literally. Mm -hmm. I realized that talent acquisition was a pain for most companies. So I had to change what I was doing. I needed manuals, checklists, standard operating procedures. I needed an org chart. You know, I hired a consultant, Al Levy. He wrote The Seven Power Contractor, really helped us get systems in place to scale. And uh, I took what he taught me and actually ran with it. Um, but like I said, it's all about just just how do you inspect what you expect? And then what I've learned in this new new age is we buy pizza, we buy lunch, we buy breakfast, we take the guys bowling to top golf. We have a lot of fun. I mean, we have a golden tea machine. We've got a big buck hunter machine. We've got... Uh, uh, you know, the, the flaps, um, pinball, we, we basketball, we've got grills, we've got, you name it, we've got ping pong here. And what I've learned is recording that stuff, having fun with the employees and them having fun with all the management and doing fun stuff all the time. Yeah. People come to us and they're like, we want to work there. Like we've got better opportunities all around us, like as far as pay, but we know we can move up fast and we pay really good, but you start out here and it's always performance pay. So nobody, there's no such thing as tenure. So you can make six figures your first year for most positions um, in the company. I mean, the CSRs kind of max out around $30 an hour, but their performance pay. So one week they might make 15, the next week they might make 30. We've really figured out how to have the whip them, what's in it for me, uh, yeah. for everybody here. So 
it's so much like I wake up and I just like today, three guys came up to me after my hour long meeting and they're like, dude, this was the best meeting you've ever had. Like it actually sank in. Like, thank you so much. And that stuff is, it just, it pumps me up. It gets me excited. I've got so much passion to, to win and succeed and be the best. And I always say, I don't have competition. I'm my own competition. So better your best. I got to wake up and do better than I did yesterday because at the end of the day, there's nobody doing what we're doing. I mean, they don't care about the employees. They care about money. I care about a legacy. I care about doing something no one else has done. I care about making all these people. We're feeding over a thousand. We just passed 304 employees. Wow. And that's cool. But I'll be at a thousand by the end of this year. Wow. And it's harder to get from one employee to five than get from 300 to thousand. I'll tell you that. Dude, you've got like just sitting here watching you on camera, like you've got this, you're just like you've got this energy, man. I, I see it. I I think everybody watching probably sees like you're just you look like you're ready to just pop up out of that seat and go run through a wall, man. I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I get excited, and that's why I got a lot of drive and it keeps me going. I mean, people are like, Why do you get at why do you go there in the weekend? I go, you like to watch. Big guys play football that you'll never because you never played. I enjoy going in and making success. And yeah. I do that. I and I enjoy sharing it with my podcast. And I enjoy having, you know, people said, Why'd you start a podcast? You give away all your secrets. And I said, Because I get to talk to really, really smart people. And the whole time I take notes and I'm like, whoa, never thought of that. And actually, what they don't know is if I do two or three podcasts, even like this. I'm lit. This is counseling for me. This is me letting go of some things, bringing some things in. This is the best counseling you could ever want. And you know, it's, it's fun. I, you know, Ken, you're a great guy. You know, a lot of amazing people, you're doing amazing things and to be on your show is an honor. So I really appreciate it. Dude, I'm honored to have you on, man. Seriously. I, I think one of the, the, I, I remember I was sitting in Grant Cardone's office in Miami and he was, I got to sit in and listen to him in a meeting, you know, over the phone. And one thing that, that you're doing that's exactly the same as Grant Cardone. So, so it, there's hope for you, dude. <laughs> but one thing you're doing is I've never seen anybody, anybody ever take notes the way that dude takes notes. I mean, he, he, it's nonstop. He's always writing stuff down, man. And I'm, I'm watching, you got a pen in your hand. You just tucked it under your, I know you're taking notes like crazy. And I freaking love that, man. I, I'm a massive note taker as well. And I, until I met with Grant though, I wasn't like that. When I saw him do it, I was like, Whoa, this uh, now. Ah, yeah. He, so he doesn't forget stuff and, and you're, you're on it, man. And, you know, I've created a, a system and and it's one thing to write things down. And it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, if you look at my phone here, I just got these are Google, the Google Drive files to my home screen. And I just click on it and I keep everything organized. It's like a filing system for me. And interestingly enough, you know, we read all these books, we do all these things. And I just I was looking at one of my books that just came in and we'll quote in there by Jim Rohn. If you let your learning lead to knowledge, you become a fool. If you let your learning lead to action, you become wealthy. And what I mean by that is when I read a book, and I read a lot of books. I mean, I told you that. Yep. I put action items in my calendar, and I put meetings together, and I make sure to indoctrinate it within the company. But I'm not like, 
I read a book, Time to Change the Path of the Company, because there's certain owners that do that. But I just feel like you put this stuff into action. You know, you know, I, I do a lot of training here. We train, train, train. I do a good job of orientation. And we train, we train, we train. I always say, look, I played football. I played soccer. I played baseball. I played a lot of golf. I practice five times more than I play. And in the, the home service industry, they just put you out in the field right away and say, follow this guy and do what he does. Or we train, train, train. And the difference is you got to use this training. We got, And then I got secret shoppers to make sure they use it and wow. to make sure we keep them on point. And let me tell you this. Every guy's drug tested background check. We do a personality profile. We call it the predictive index. We actually do ride-alongs before they even start. We go through driving tests. Then we get them to train. They apprentice for a month. They come to Phoenix. They fly in. We've got 50 rooms here. We've got an apartment complex. They come in. They train in Phoenix for a month. Then they go on a special program for another three months before they're even allowed to walk in your house. So we, you know, the the thing that we learn how to do better than anybody, I think, in the home service space is find a blank canvas, an amazing blank canvas, and give them the, the standard operating procedures and technology they need to really be awesome. We give them $3,000 worth of tools when they land here in Phoenix, all Milwaukee, all the state-of-the-art stuff. They drive brand-new vans because we got our own wrap shop, so we wrap our own vehicles. Uh, you know, this is me having fun, though. Look, I hang out with guys that are 10 times bigger than me. I was with a buddy at a cigar bar. My voice seems a little raspy because he smoked five <laughs> cigars in a matter of five hours. Um, <laughs> I smoked one, but he's just dropping bombs on me. He's going to do $250 million this year. And, you know, I, I mean, this is who I hang out with. I surrounded myself with people. And it's always – I'm always going to that next level. Yep. And, and I don't know who I'm going to go to after I hit the billion because not a lot of – I'm gonna, you know what it's going to be? Is pro, I'm going to hang out with private equity because they're raising $7 billion funds. And uh, venture capitalists and private equity and just hang out with the guys that understand – in New York and in LA yeah. that they, they know how to go to that next level from there, which sounds crazy, but it's out there. And I continue to uh, better my best and push the limit every single day. And, and I think that's where a lot of people fail. So go, go back to, go back to day one, the day that you said, I'm, I'm going to, and, and was this, was it, has it always been a one garage? Originally, it was A1 Garage Door Specialist. When me and my partner kind of went separate ways, it became A1 Garage Door Service. Okay. So so go back to day one when you were, yeah, we're starting a garage door company, right? What what was that like? Were you, I mean, you obviously weren't doing, weren't on track to do a hundred million that year. Um, what, or maybe you were in your head, maybe you're like, we're, we're doing a hundred million, but how did it start? Did you have a lot of funding? Did was it boot bootstrapped? How was, did you start? It was bootstrapped. I was in the field. I mean, we were just we were getting by. Um, I didn't understand that working in the business every day was actually. I had to put sweat equity in because we didn't have any money. You know, that's just the case. Uh, but I can tell you this: the number one thing that drives us, and we've got our core values. Let's see. But second one, it says aspire to be number one. And I'm a competitive SOB, man. I, if I don't win, I'll give you an example. My my COO, my operations officer, Adam, Adam used to whoop my butt in ping pong. He's still really good, and he can still win a, a good amount of the time. But I went and got ping pong lessons from the number one guy in the state. <laughs> I don't like to lose at all. And I think the drive to want to win, my competitive nature, the fact that – 
Look, and I, I listen a lot, and I'm a good loser, but I don't like to lose. I go home and I'm like, what can I do? I'll read a book on it. I'll start practicing. And I, it's almost like I cheat. I ask for too much direction. I'll, I'll call 20 people and ask them. I'll bounce stuff off of my trusted advisors all day, every day. And I talked to my CPA yesterday. And I'm his smallest client. He's only got 10 clients, and I'm his smallest by far. And he goes, Tommy, you're going to run past everybody because of your tenacity, and you're always – you just take notes. You're the dumbest guy in the room and you're always asking questions. He goes, never lose that. Don't get cocky. Don't get overconfident. Just continue to learn like you're learning. Cause I go to him all the time. I'm like, give me another book, give me another book. And he'll give me wow. advice and audibles. And uh, I can't get it enough. I'm like short circuit, you know, back in the day where he's flipping through the pages. <laughs> Dude. And by the way, when I come out there, we're going to play some ping pong. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, I, I used to be good. I haven't played in a long time. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, and that is something, by the way, it's a, uh, it's, uh, if you stop, if you stop playing, you, you lose it. Like, trust me, I, I've tried, but so, so with the, um, at, at what point did you start hiring people? I mean, was it pretty immediate or did, did some time go by? We hired, you know, back then we had brought on a 1099 guy to do a lot of the installs. But but I really, I remember the day almost vividly when I I explained to a lot of the people that worked there, they're like, why do you still run jobs? And this is 2013. So I'm six years into the business and wow. I'm still the guy in the field. And I said, because there's nobody that I found that could do it better than me. And I said, I, I didn't know how to train. I just knew, follow me and I'll show you. I never knew I never knew how to create a process like McDonald has got. Yeah. And so I remember one day this guy came from another company and he was really well trained. He was versatile. He was good at sales. He smiled all the time. He learned how to get reviews. He cleaned up after himself. And I went out with him because I said, dude, you are awesome. I need to learn from you. So I went out and I said, oh, my gosh, this is the day that will live in infamy. This is my last day in the field mm. because you are better than me. So I, I took notes and I wrote down everything he did. And since then, so I, I kind of describe it as um, it's, 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 I, I found the rock star in service. And then, and then I found a guy three years ago that put him to shame and and I and the guy is the best in the nation. And I studied him and I've mimicked him. And I'll tell you what, I try to take something. I'm not a good, I'm not really a left brain type guy. I can't do art, but I can take something good and I can make it really good. And yeah. uh, we've taken these procedures, these, uh, you know, and it's not just about, it's about driving right. It's about inventory management. It's about keeping your truck, which is your office clean. It's about respect for the other people that work here. It's about making your clients happy and cleaning up after yourself. There's all these things that we have. Sales matter. You know, every single meeting when I'm doing my orientation, I've got this little offering that they hand out at church and it says uh, tithing to give. So they've got little envelopes and I'm like, Hey guys, make a donation. And they pass it all around and they're looking at me. And I always say, Hey guys, if the church could talk about sales and give in 10% for 10 minutes of every sermon, I could talk about sales. <laughs> oh. Don't take it for granted that I'm going to talk about sales, guys, because we are a business. And believe it or not, we are a for-profit business. So 
don't get mad that some of my meetings are to discuss sales. And um, that's how I start the uh, orientation because people are like, man, that guy talks a lot about sales. And I'm like, because I talk about eye contact, tonality, body yeah. language. And I talk about how to greet a, a woman versus a man. I, I Usually when I'm presenting to the woman, I, I take this side. When I'm presenting to the man, I'm looking at him. And these all these little subtleties that are like Robert Cialdini in um, Influence talks a lot about the five ways to influence and, and these things I'm teaching all the time, and it's not a bad thing. It makes him a better parent. It makes him a better husband or wife. Yeah. It makes him a better boss. It makes him a better employee. And uh, the stuff that I teach, could, that people could take it to the next level for the rest of their lives. What And, and, and you started the company. What year was it again? 2007. 2007. Um, what, what's, the, what's the worst worst day you've had in business? I walked into the shop one day. This is three shops ago. And I walk in. First of all, I walk by three people having a cigarette. And I walk in. The phones are ringing off the hook. One of my top guys just had quit. Found out a guy was stealing from me. The office gal was having an affair with one of the techs. And I walked into my office and I just kind of said, man, I want a 40-hour work week. I want to go back to picking my work jacket up when I leave and putting it back when I get home because it's a 24-hour job. I answered phones at night, and at a certain point, you get to a breaking point, and you say, is it all worth it? Was it worth it? And at this point, it was, but I'll tell you what, and I thought a lot about this over the last five years. If you want to completely take away my success and start – I don't mind taxes, but I'm also a philanthropist in some ways. We donate – 250 hours a, a month towards charity. We, literally, we go plant trees. We go, we go feed wow. the hungry. We don't. We're going to donate over a million dollars this year to charity. Uh, cash, so not to mention the garages. And I don't. But but what I'm saying is, I'd rather give that than let the government do it for me. And Democrat, Republican, or liberal, you know, whatever you are, I don't care. But if you're going to punish me for my success and continue to drive down my encouragement to want to succeed and hire people and make it hard. People are leaving California by the, the troves. And if you're going to do that, and I'm not meaning to be political because this is not. It's just saying if you punish somebody for success, if you got the guy in the race, he's number one by 40 feet on a 100-yard dash. You know, here's the problem. You say everybody's going to get fair. We're going to take 40 feet away from you. Not only is he never going to get better, but he's going to stop trying. That's and right. I've made a lot of sacrifices, and it's been a lot of nights and a lot of relationships that – you know, I write in my book that, uh, you know, I, lo- I lost a really close relationship because of it, uh, you know, and there's a lot of them that are, that have happened and, and people just don't see that stuff. It takes a lot, then you know, to own a business. And I just wish they could be, I've been an employee and I understand, I, I understand there's a reason for unions. I understand that employers sometimes don't treat their employees right. But I also think, you know, you got to have a heart on some of these employers and, and I want to give back, look. You you will see more and more giving back, and these employees. I'm going to have a lot of millionaires I create with this business. That that's incredible. So you well, <laughs> thankfully you didn't give up that day. <laughs> I know. I mean, I you're all fired. Uh, the, the, we're done. Stop. <laughs> yeah. So so when when you um when what's the best business day 
you've you've ever had. You know, there was a, I don't know, maybe 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 a year, maybe a little over a year ago. I got a phone call from Adam, and he goes, "Did you see what happened?" And I said, "No." He goes, "We just broke two hundred grand today." And that was a milestone because two hundred grand is in a one lot day. Of money, yeah, yeah, and that was, and I'm like, "What?" Yes, and I was like popping champagne, and we were partying. We, you know, it was just like, dude, it was just this feeling of like two hundred thousand dollars, and you know, now it's like. I take it for granted because now I'm like, what's when's going to be that five hundred thousand dollar day? Because I feel like it's a quick path. But but that day to me was like all the sweat, blood, and tears that went into this. And um, you know, we got this office, and and everybody pitched in. We tore the floors out. We've had wheelbarrows. I mean, we all there was fifty people here, and, and people were bringing their husbands and wives, and we were just and we redid everything. Where my stepdad was painting the walls, my dad was here. It was like crazy, and. Um, We've got a really nice office and everybody contributed. So when I walk in here, there's a sense of pride and ownership of, and I want everybody to have that pride and ownership. They just say, we built this together. We're here. It's 35,000 square feet. I'm doing two tours today. There are people that come from, from all over the country, even Australia and Canada, the tour this building and see what we're doing. And to me, that's just, the feeling is, it's just fun. It's like it fills a sense of accomplishment, like we've done it. But and the and the and the time I feel good and pat myself and say, "Hey, we've done good." I'm like, we are in the fetal stages of what this will become. We are tiny. I feel like I just got started yesterday. I'm not in the garage business. I'm in the technology and process and people business. Oh my god! I'm so glad you just said that, dude. I, I'm gonna a, a really good friend of mine. He's a client of mine. Um, his father is the founder of Little Giant Ladders, and, oh, yeah. and he's a good friend of mine, literally just left Utah and moved to Phoenix. He's in uh, Chandler, okay. and, and, and I'm going to introduce you guys and have him come. You, that's a two, they're the third largest ladder company in the world now, man. And you remind me, I, I've heard Doug's told me all these stories about his dad and how he's you remind me of that, that like just your energy. Like you can't even sit still, dude. You're sitting there in the middle of this interview and you cannot even sit still. I freaking love it, man. Your, your energy's off the charts. So, so I'm going to enter. I, I got to remember that. I want Doug to come over and meet you, man. He will too. Um, so, so you, so you're on your way to, to half a million dollars a day. And which is absolutely phenomenal. It's it's phenomenal. When it comes to customer service, how important is customer service to you? Because this is something that I talk with people a lot about is if you want to improve your business, improve the way that you treat the people who are paying you. You know, it's called the net promoter score and they got to be able to recommend you to someone else. But what I try to do is the raving fans, right? I try to get these people to where they get a text message on the way and they get a video and this explanation about the tech, about how good of a daddy is. And hey, he might look crazy and bigger, but he's a teddy bear inside. And, and we try to make people laugh and try to have that wow experience. And so we've got an eight step process. The last process is we blow the whole garage out. We leave it cleaner than we walked in. We put our stickers up, we register their warranty. 
Wow. And we make them feel good. We run the door four times and say, is there anything that you don't like or feel out of place? We walk through how to maintain the door, where to lubricate the door, how the safety eyes work. And I'm just going for that wow experience because people share that online. They do testimonials for us. And, uh, you know, I listen to phone calls randomly and, and I've got the great ones and I, I'm more of a carry guy than I am the whip. But we, we had this guy, he got on the phone and he's just super just happy for work for works for us and i'm like man this is so great like to emulate making somebody's day the garage just broke and we're sitting there we're going to make it better for them and you know this is the largest moving object on their home it's 40 percent of your curb appeal it's it's the only thing that gives you 100 percent return on investment i call it the smile of your home and it's it's wow. literally like you use this more than your front door and when we, when we could just wow a customer and be real with them so, Ken, here's a quick story. I'll be quick about it. One day I walked into the call center and the gal's on the phone. And this was this was about a year and a half ago. And uh, she goes, Tommy, I wish you were here five minutes ago. I lost the call because we couldn't get the guy in Wichita out fast enough. And I said, hold on. You're talking about Charles? Because I know he's working. And he goes, yeah, Charles. She goes, yeah. So I called Charles. I was like, dude, are you on your way home? He's like, yeah. I'm like, if I get you a call, call real quick, can you run it? He goes, yeah, boss, anything for you. You know, if I call, usually it gets done. And uh, so I go, give me the lady's number. And I mean, there's call center reps everywhere. This is pre-COVID. And they're all looking at me like, all right, Mr. Big Shot. I loved it. <laughs> so uh, I call the lady and I said, hey, Linda, how are you today? She says, I'm good. Who, who is this? I said, this is Tommy. I'm actually the owner at A1 Garage Door Service. How's your day going? She goes, I'm really good. You know, my garage door broke. I know it's a little bit later. But uh, I already called another company, so thank you very much. I said, oh, no problem, Linda. I said, do you mind if I ask you who's coming? And she named the company. And I said, oh, great company, great company. I said, do you mind if I ask you how much they're charging to come this late? And it was only like 8 o'clock there. But she said it's a late charge of uh, $75. And I said, listen, Linda, I can appreciate that. And thank you so much for for taking my phone call. I've got Charles. He's about 10 minutes away. And I, she, and I said, um, I could get him out there. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to waive the fee. I'm just going to get him there to take care of your problems. I think you're going to love Charles. He's <laughs> the sweetest guy. And she goes, you know, Tommy, I just, I feel really disrespectful. I've already booked with the other company. I just can't do that. I said, no problem, Linda. I'll cancel for you. You already gave me the company. And uh, <laughs> she starts laughing. And she goes, you know what, Tom? And I go by Tommy. She called me Tom on the call. She goes, you know what, Tom? I'm going to call them back and see what I could do. And I'm sitting there, and it was like, ding, 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 you know, <laughs> music. It was, uh, I felt like Alex Trebek, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody's watching, and boom, the phone rings. And she, and I grab it, and I said, hello, A1 Garage Service, how can I help you? And she goes, hey, Tommy, it's Linda. I canceled, come on out. <laughs> and I was like, boom, and I high-fived every employee. And I was like, that's how it's done. It literally made my day, but, uh, but this is the stuff I live and breathe for, you know. That's that, and Linda is a raving fan. I'll bet. Oh, you know, we do get one stars and two stars. We've got a whole team dedicated. Look, we run. We ran ninety five hundred jobs last month. You do the math. You think we can make every customer super happy? But we've got a whole team that's dedicated to making sure to get those customers. Maybe we didn't show up on time. Maybe the guy was stuck to fixing the garage longer. Maybe there was the stuff that happens, maybe they didn't smell right. 
You know, who knows? Uh, customers are offended by different things. Maybe, maybe we didn't we'll put our footies on. Whatever the thing might be, we're there to fix it and we're there to take ownership of it and let the customer vent and offer a solution. So as much as I'd like to tell you that we've got five stars from every customer of all, you know, 75,000 customers last month or last year, I'm sorry. Um, but we're getting, it's crazy because now we're in 50, we're in 15 states, but we're also in Detroit and Grand Rapids. We're also in wow. Milwaukee and Madison. You know, we're also in Phoenix. We're in Tucson. We're in Prescott and we're in Lake Havasu. I mean, so just because we're in 15 states, we've got about 27 markets now. That's incredible, dude. That is so incredible. That's incredible. Wow. So, so what, when are you coming to Ohio? It's on the map for this year. Uh, if I have my way and my way is always, so Adam's my brakes. I'm just full gas pedal to the metal. So I need some people around me to say, slow down, dude. Let's just make sure yeah. we're doing, you know, let's, I call it the hockey stick. We get going, we get going. And then all of a sudden the KPIs, conversion rate, average ticket, booking rate, and cost per acquisition, they all line up. And that's when we go straight up. And that's when people are like, how the hell do you do it? And I'm like, because everything's got to match. You cannot spend the money on billboards, TV, or radio. Those are the big ones. Those are the expensive ones. Unless you're getting, unless you're making customers happy and you're educating the customers. We say ref, build rapport, educate, and follow up. And if you do that properly with the right systematic approach and use the technology stack to help, you're going to do an amazing job. I'm probably going to Florida soon because um, I'm more, you know, there's a super non that's confidential, but I could say because I'm not giving it out. Uh, I'm working on a uh, letter of intent for a company and uh, we're getting into acquisitions. And the fastest way to grow is to acquire and putting them under my platform. So uh, that's wow. how you stack a company and go straight, straight up. But there's you're a lot that goes. A billion. That's how you get to a billion. It is. Dude, that's incredible. Jim Packard said you need to be more excited. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, a great guy. Huh? Jim's a great guy. Jim is a great guy. I know Jim from uh, Send Out Cards days. So the Consistency Chain. Have you read that book? The what? Consistency Chain. No. It's his book. That's his it's book. It's Jim's book? Yeah. I've not read it. Jim, I'm sorry. I'm going to write it down. So so, so let me ask you a question. Um, people want to own their own business. There's all kinds of people that, that I got to have my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. What do you think holds people back from, and, and I, I realize that, there's a lot of people that will never do it. They'll never become a business owner. They'll always be an employee. And that's cool, man. I, you have employees. You need to have employees. I need to have employees. Um, Jim's going to send me a sign, send me a copy. Wow. So, so, you know, what do you think stops people from taking that leap of faith. I mean, you could have been an employee the rest of your life, but you took a leap and said, no, I'm going to do my own thing. What is that? What do you think that that switch is? Well, number one, it's got to be in your blood. I think there's some people that say, I wish I could own a business, but they really don't feel that they got the, the look, leaders are not born, they're made. I truly believe that I've learned how to be a leader. No one said, you know, 
Don't put a spoon in my mouth. And when I was a kid, I said, boom, you're a leader. You know, readers <laughs> are leaders, number one. And uh, number one, they don't have enough money to start. I always say to, to entrepreneurs, you want to know how to start. You go find the biggest company that the dream you want to become. You walk in there with an empty notebook and you walk out of there with a full notebook. You mm -hmm. go get the company you want to become and you ask a lot of questions. And you literally, you plan it and you get out of your hometown. You go somewhere where you could fly as far away from your hometown. Get out of your comfort zone. And then you just simply put, to get to a billion, I had to write down a billion dollars on my whiteboard. And then I said, if my average technician does half a million dollars a year, if I could get it to that, then I need 2,000 technicians. So I had to say, how many do I need? How many years? How many this year? How many this quarter? How many this month? How many this week? And I backed into these numbers. And uh, I don't think these people, they have a dream. Just like I, I, there's so many people out there that they always have these goals and these dreams and these big aspirations of what they're going to do with their lives, but they don't take action. Just mm. like that quote I said earlier by Jim Rohn, they, they do not take action. If you want to get on a diet and you want to lose weight, what's the best way to start? Start now. So many people say, I'm going to start in a couple of weeks. I'm going to wait till New Year's. I'm going to do da, 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 da. They never get started. If they have a dream, you need to implement that dream. You need to think about that dream, reverse engineer it, and figure out what needs to happen today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. And then, uh, you know, you need to stay consistent, like the consistency chain. You need to make sure you need to eat good every day. Like you talked to me about the 75 uh, hard. And the thing is, you can't skip a day. You need to do what you need to do. Because guess what? Business never sleeps. Garage doors never stop breaking. I don't care what time it is. They break every second of every day. And when you realize that, people just don't, they, they go, God, that's scary to me. Not to mention nine out of 10 businesses fail. I mean, some people don't get married because they they think they're doomed to fail because they don't think they're, they're stronger than the average bear. They think they're literally, they go off of stats. You know, I think there's not a lot of companies that do $100 million. And yet I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad that we're only going to do hundred million. I'm like, but this is just the beginning, you know, <laughs> probably for me, I used to just want to do hundred million. And now I, at an older house I lived in, if you walked out of the shower today, I guarantee you, unless they figured out a way when that gets heated up in that bathroom, you can still see the hundred million dollars written on the mirror. When I got out <laughs> of the shower. That's freaking awesome, dude. Hey, my buddy Glenn Bill, the great Glenn Bill's on here. You need to get you need to be on his show, dude. He's got a great show podcast. So um the Get Attitude Podcast. You'll love him, man. So, so so how uh, uh, you know Grant Cardone taught me something that um I've I've followed not to the T because I, I, I'm human and I, 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 I'm, I'm flawed. Um, but I, you know, that is writing your goals down twice a day, every day. And he says, you know, the average person maybe writes them once a year. And if I write them every day, twice a day, by the end of a year, I've written them 730 times as opposed to once, which one do you think has the better chance of of winning, right? So how often do you write your goals and how focused are you on, on your goals and expanding those goals? So I wouldn't say I write them every day, but if you listen to this, you're going to be a billionaire. Don't forget it, Tommy. And then I've got this everywhere around oh. me. Oh my God. Hold on. Let me go full screen on that. 
Dude. That is freaking amazing, man. I've got one blown up over there. They're at the house. Look, this is, I'm reading the goals. I'm listening to my goals. I'm around my goals. I'm always looking at my goals. And I'm always saying prioritization, prioritization. What do I do today? And I knew all my weaknesses. I'm not super organized. I don't keep a good calendar. So I've got an amazing executive assistant that fails in all my failure points that goes in and she, you know what? I plugged the holes. I had a lot of holes. Look, look at I. I love to say I'm well-rounded. I do everything great. I'm Superman. But the fact is, I, I'm a high D I, and I know when it comes to the C type, you put me to sleep. You get me to talk slow, and I'm like, ooh, I can't <laughs> handle it. I, I'm going, going, going. I'm sales. I'm opera. I'm sales and marketing are my two big things. So you put me in a room. I need to get those those high S's, those high C's, because they fill me up. You, you know, as I learned how to do personality profiling i learned that they bring so much to the table for a guy like me and then i had to learn steps of delegation i needed them and then i needed i'm like let's skip a step no then, then it fails the system so i got eight steps of delegation and i learned to delegate better and i learned to keep my door shut not be a god a minute manager and i learned to have meetings that matter and those little things you know being around the right people at the right time are intricate and just important and just they accelerate your growth and they're so good for me because I'm the first one, like I said, to ask for direction to get the right person. I got a, a consultant flying out here for my dispatch team. Why? Because I could go in there. But why not find the best in the world and have him come and train us? And, and you know what? I was on a podcast the other day and the guy says, Tommy, most people want to hire a $60,000 a year person. Okay. And they want them to do a $300,000. He goes, I've got a guy that I hired for 400000 He comes in one hour a week. And he goes, he's better than a, than a person that'll work for 60000 50 hours a week. He goes, because the knowledge and the systems that he's implemented, he goes, I can't afford $400,000, but I can afford one hour a week of this guy. And that's, that, that, that's so such wise words of to say, find somebody that's been where you want to go yep. and get your help. Some of them will donate their time. Some of them you got to pay a lot for. But listen, write it down, and take action. Take action because most people are sitting there waiting for something to happen to them. You know, there's one thing that I heard the other day too. If you want to change, you're the same person you were five years ago in the five years you're in the future. Five in the past, five in the future. Except if you read books, you learn lessons, and you meet new people. Those are the only ways you can change who you are or who you're going to be. And unless we accept that and embrace it, which most people don't, then you're yeah. SOL. So – I'm trying to do a lot of that all the time. I'm a networking fiend. I mean, some of my guys don't network, so here's the book I bought for them. Wow. <laughs> edge to networking. I mean, I'm a, I, I, I network like crazy, but I'm like, guys, we need to get you. We're going to figure out a way to give you a path to success. In fact, I want to pay you guys an extra $50,000 a year. I said that this morning. They said, 50 grand a year? How the <laughs> hell? What? How? I said, because I created a system with, with the, the help of the management that you could schedule any job and you guys get credit for. So if you guys are out at a gas station or anywhere and you are able to book a job through your portal, you guys are going to make a percentage of that job by not even running it. And if you guys go through this portal and a person comes through and you are able to recruit somebody, always be recruiting. If you're able to recruit somebody, you get 1500 bucks. So I got one of my texts with a big check. I got these big checks in there. I wrote yeah. out yeah. 15 grand last quarter by recruiting. 
One wow. guy, $15,000. And you know what? It's the best money I've ever spent. Do you find, though, the people, you know, there are, there is a lot, a huge percentage of the population that, that aren't motivated by the money. They're motivated, more motivated probably by the win, right? So, so do you see that do you, with well, people? You know, they, they were, the baby boomers were motivated by money. The, 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 the people that I'm around, a lot younger generation, millennial generation X, all these other ones. The deal is, I don't like to give cash bonuses as much. What I like to do is, if a guy's a runner and he runs every morning for five miles, you get him that two hundred fifty dollars pair of shoes because every time he ties his shoes, he's going a one, a one from day one, baby. They love me. <laughs> and if you could do that, and you could get people things they actually like and care about, hey, look. You, you always wanted to go on a second honeymoon. Man, if we could get tickets to Hawaii for somebody and change their life, thinking about somebody when it's Thanksgiving and they might not have a turkey dinner to be able to help them out or invite them over. The little things go a long way. And it's not always about the money. It's about being at a place that appreciates you. We handed out the employee of the month this morning, and then we got the, we got the manager of the quarter. The, the manager started crying. I was like, he goes, I'm going to cry. And we started laughing like he was joking. And he actually started crying. But, uh, you know, it's a giraffe. It's a big giraffe trophy. And it, the reason it's a giraffe is because you're willing to stick your neck out for the company and you got a big heart. Wow. Giraffes have a big heart because they can pump that blood up to their brain. And the wow. fact is, and they stand tall no matter what. You're standing tall. And I get goosebumps because we started the employee of the month. And it's just, it's a way to give back to our employees. And it matters. And you're right. They want to win. They want to be number one. I said, I say at this all my meetings. There's two people. There's those that need to be number one. And you guys are my brothers, my compadres. We need to be number one. And there's those that hate to be last. That they go down the list. They go, dip, not last. Good. I'm not last. They go, I don't want those people working for me. If I come, there's no second place trophies here. Only number one. And there's no participation trophies. You know, I had a guy come up to me two weeks ago. And he looks at the list and he goes, he got his head down. And I said, dude, cheer up. What's wrong with you? He goes, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, number two this this week. I said, you're number two out of 200 guys. It's pretty freaking good. <laughs> he goes, dude, next time I'll be number one. And I said, high five. Let's see it. Wow. That's what matters. That's what makes me tick. That's so awesome, man. I can tell that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any personal experience using your company for, for service, but I can tell that if, if I was an unhappy customer, you would run through a wall to change that. I've got flowers out to a customer myself. Actually, Arizona Republic did a story about it because she called the news because I brought flowers at the customer's house and I fixed it myself. And she said, no one's ever done this before. I don't know if her husband appreciated that I brought her flowers. But it was more of a token <laughs> of apology. But yeah, it, uh, it goes a long way to just say, look, we made a mistake. And, um, and I'm sure what I always tell customers it's uh your time Look, is important. Joe so says you need to find your intensity, dude. <laughs> I always try to. But you know, here's the deal. If we blow something, and we will, we always will. Something's gonna happen. Cars break down, there's snow, there's other things that get in the way, and people are stuck in their garage, and that's important to me. And I always tell people when I'm on the phone, your time is important to me. My time's important, your time's important, and I respect that, and I'm so sorry. And sometimes I say, you probably make a lot more than this, but I'd like to give you $200 back because that's how much your time's worth. And, you know, some people are like, well, I'm a lawyer. And I'm like, well, mm. 
you're getting this the wrong, you're taking it the wrong way. But, <laughs> well, I got, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's nothing I, I don't like to, to, to make mistakes, but, but, you know, that's why I love, you look at McDonald's and Pizza Hut and all these other places, they're completely different than home service because it's all encapsulated under one roof. It's easy to see standard operating procedures. You just get behind the guy's back and watch. McDonald's right. has a digit code. They know you washed your hand five times or 10 times in a day. Here I've got to have trucks going all the way from Michigan to, to, to Tulsa to Nevada, you name it. And we've got to have all this stuff happen outside of what we could watch directly. And it's a completely different animal. And that's why home service has not grown at the same aptitude as some of these restaurant chains. But right now, private equity, all the investments, they're not going to hotels. They're not going to movie theaters. They're not, this is the only time COVID has changed the whole dynamic. And I got to tell you, I've probably talked to 50 private equity companies in the last three months. And I understand now the scariest thing. And I want to tell you this, Ken, is I can grow this business massively. It's to grow as fast as I want. I'm going to need a big bank. And the scary thing that could happen to me, like it happened to all these other people, is that the bank could call my note at any time. So the question is, do I want to find a, 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 an accelerator of an investor and make an equity stake to be able to grow 10 times faster? The question is, do I want a smaller piece of a magnificent, huge pie? Or do I want this long term and take on a lot of risk? And and uh, you know the, the the investment side is looking a lot better as long as they don't come in and try to change this dynamic. Which smart equity says, keep the culture, keep the owner, keep everybody, especially the platform companies, which I'm learning so much about. If you guys get a chance, anybody that wants to learn is this is a buddy of mine, and he wrote the private equity playbook, Adam Coffee, and the reason he's a friend of mine now is because I was on a plane reading his book and I took a picture. And I tracked the guy down on LinkedIn and he calls me and he goes, dude, I've been waiting for the day that somebody tracked me down and read my book on a plane. And he goes, is there anything I can do for you? And I said, yeah, can you come on my podcast? And he's literally like, he's the largest commercial HVAC company in the world. Wow. And he me acquisitions and how to do it. So uh, be thirsty, be hungry, go out there and get it. Don't let it come to you. You know, you said, why are more people business owners? It's because I'll tell you what. I feel bad for my competitors. And people say, what if there were, don't you wish there were 10 of you, Tommy? I said, hell no. If I had 10 of me, I'd have 10 really, really annoying competitors. I would be going at it all day long. I'd have to get in a different industry. Dude, that is funny. All right. Everybody in the comments is asking if you would hold up the post. They want to do a screenshot. So hold it up so they can all do a screenshot. Back up just a little bit with it, Tommy. There you go. Right there's your screenshot and good, dude. That's that's awesome. I'm gonna go back. I, you know what? Listen, I the, I don't I never rewatch my interviews. Very very rarely, man. I'm rewatching this one, man. You've you've dropped millions and millions of dollars worth of of nuggets, man. I have one final question for you. You know, with with COVID and everything that happened in 2020 the suicide rate in the world, but you know, we'll talk about the U S has gone through the roof, man. Um, it, people are giving up, they've lost hope. And, and for, for, for anyone watching right now that may be, you know, look, I, I I'm being real here since we're being real. I had a car repossessed in front of uh, all of my employees one day 
And it was at that moment, literally, I thought my life is over. <laughs> I really did. It's the most humiliating freaking moment of my life. When uh, a big guy that worked for me, boss or some dude looking in the windows of your SUV, I'm like, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. And he's like, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. <laughs> I'm like, son of a, but so, so for the people who maybe their electric's been shut off and their car's been repoed or they're, you know, they can't, they can't figure it out. And they're at the end of their rope, man. What do you say to that person to give them? hope and get through this moment i can tell you that sometimes you got to hit the bottom and the bottom is not a bad thing if you embrace it if that's what it takes what it does is it changes your life it changes the way you breathe it changes the way you look at everything and when you hit the bottom and trust me grant cardone some of the best people in the world have hit the bottom to get back up and the hardest part is getting back up and going back out and fighting for what you need to fight for and there's times, look, COVID, we lost a lot of lives. There's things that have happened to us. And look, some of us do fall to victimization. But it's time to not be a victim. And it's time to go out and get what's yours. Because right now, no one else is going to do it for you. So right now, there's a lot of things that have happened. The government's taking over. It's hard to go back to work because you're a server. You might be a bartender. You might work at a hotel. But let me tell you something. There's other industries. There's other things that are opening. There's doors that are opening. For every door that closes, two opens. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Inflation's going to happen. But you know what? When inflation happens, there's a way to win, too. I talked to a guy yesterday, and he said, Tommy, you know what? If everything happens and it goes to the sideways, he goes, me and you, we're survivors. We're going to make it no matter what. I'll short a stock and make money when it goes down. There's a way to win every opportunity. There's somebody always winning. And all you got to decide is, are you going to be that winner or are you going to stay a victim? Are you going to mm -hmm. let that stay keep you down forever? Because there are people that say they've got every excuse in the world of why they can't win. They tell me it's the time of year. It's the seasonality. It's the neighborhoods I'm going to. Tommy, my car, the dispatcher doesn't like me. I don't think the coupon. And I'm like, look, give me an excuse of why you're going to win today. Tell me what you're going to do differently than you did yesterday. Talk to me about, you know, people say when the cup's half full, half empty. If you can see through this cup, if it was this big, I'd say that's a full shot. Hmm. I'd say that is a full shot right there. <laughs> I look at everything and people are like, yesterday I was talking to my managers and I said, this guy's freaking absolutely amazing. And he goes, well, he's only been here two weeks. And I go, he's only been here two weeks. Imagine what he's going to do. The difference was, as he said, he's only been here two weeks. How can we say that about him? He's in his honeymoon. And I go, but he's only been here two weeks. He's setting records. So it's mm. two eyes. there's two ways to look at things. And if you look at it, that there's a really, really good opportunity in everything. And when you're down on your luck, man, that's just a time to get back up and fight a little bit harder. Jerry Eisenhower it was watching. I'm not sure if he's still on, but Jerry, thank you for introducing Tommy and I. Tommy, this, this has been absolutely phenomenal, man. I, I'm so grateful to know you, call you a friend, and I'm very, very grateful to have had you on. Yep, Jerry is still watching. So, Jerry, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. So, Tommy, thank you for your time. You've invested in everybody watching this. Thank you so much. If you don't mind, hang on for a minute. I'm going to end this. I'd like to talk to you real quick after this. So, Tommy, thank you. Everybody, go follow. Where's the best place to follow you on social? Uh, you know, you can go to homeserviceexpert.com, uh, and there's some stuff on there or just social media. Then 
I got the Audible book, Home Service Millionaire. Oh, God. I, well, we didn't even bring that up. Jeez. Hey, it's fine. Hey, it's still going. So, you know, it took me two years, and I've got 12 co-authors, people that are way smarter than I am. And uh, the reason I, I, I really wanted to tell people that the home service place is a place you could be a millionaire. And it's the most underestimated uh, industry in the world. And I'm telling you right now, it's the most needed. It's We're essential. And uh, 12 co-authors, I got the CEO of Valpac and this CEO of Home Advisor and and all the people that are really, really smart. And they, they all co-authored it for me. So the book and uh, the Home Service Expert podcast, and I'm all over LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on most social media. Or you can just email me at a1leadmanager at gmail.com. That one gets to me fast. And uh, appreciate everybody. If you want to come visit, we're right in Phoenix by the airport. Do a walkthrough. I always have fun with that. And uh, thank you for listening. And Ken, you're the man. I really appreciate this. Dude, thank you so much. I've got the book title scrolling. I will add your book to my Amazon um, influencer store and and create a link. And I'll put that in the, in the comments after this as well. So everybody can grab a copy of it. Thank so, you. Tommy, thank you, man. This has been phenomenal. So hang tight for me. I'm going to end this. Thank you to everybody who's watched and shared this out. If you didn't share this out, there's still time to redeem yourself and share this out. So Tommy, thanks, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. See you guys.